finally, another Blue Jackets game day. Uh, can they pull out the win? Who knows? But they are facing uh, an old friend in John Tortorella. So we're going to talk all about that. And we've got uh, Rachel Donner of Locks on Flyers here to preview the matchup with us. That's all coming up today on Locks on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here bringing you news, stories, uh, Trials, tribulations, excitement, yelling, uh, all of the above, and more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So uh, if you haven't hit subscribe over there, then uh, feel free to do so. You win, I win, uh, you get notified every time episodes go live, and uh, we love a win-win situation here at Locked on Blue Jackets. Today uh, it's another Squadcast day, as we like to play their first game in like five days, um, and so I thought we would check in on how the Flyers are doing, because the Flyers were supposed to be uh, pretty bad this season, and so far they are exceeding expectations while the Blue Jackets continue to struggle. So I wanted to talk to uh, Rachel Donner all about that, and all about um, what makes the Flyers so successful, uh, and most importantly... Is it sustainable? So we're going to talk about all of that uh, in just a minute. So I'll uh, I'll just let the conversation roll. So when I thought about doing a, a squad cast with the people over at Locked On Flyers, uh, I did not think that we would be having the conversation that we're going to have because I think me, I and also literally everyone else kind of assumed that the Flyers and the Blue Jackets would be in the opposite position that they are currently in. Um, and the Flyers are for better or worse, succeeding at the minute. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about why that might be happening. Uh, We're going to catch up with John Tortorella uh, for his sins. But uh, I thought, let's do a squad cast. And so we got Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers here to uh, explain why the Flyers are doing what they're doing. Because I'm confused, and I suspect many other people are also confused about the Flyers. So what is... I guess let's start there. What what the heck is up with the Flyers? <laughs> well, Carter Hart is up with the Flyers. Let's let's be real here. <laughs> I think that that is the primary factor going into this. Uh, he is making incredible saves. He is cool, calm, and collected in net and is uh, undefeated in regulation. There's a couple of uh, overtime losses there but yeah i think that if you want the biggest reason it's carter hart we did finally get felix sandstrom his first nhl win uh, versus the st louis blues who are a whole other mess (laughs) that uh locked on blues can talk about but i think that uh, that was a good thing for him uh, coming in because carter hart was sick but Yeah, that's the main reason. Now, there are John Tortorella reasons as well, I think, to some degree, as much as you probably don't want to hear about them, or or you know about them as well. And I think that 
what he has done so far is exactly what you expect of him. He drives really hard physical play in his players. He demands excellence. He's going to bench people who aren't performing according to what he wants. Uh, he has benched Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny for an entire period of a game that uh, I think went over okay with those two because they got right back in it and have actually played quite well. I'm very pleased with what Kevin Hayes has done so far, but I think, you know, Tortorella is doing what Tortorella does and, and demanded that kind of style of hockey. So they're blocking a ton of shots. Uh, the average is I think above 25 a game for the flyers right now, which, yeah, I know. Right. That sounds, yeah, that sounds super familiar. <laughs> like everything right. you're saying, I'm like, yeah, check, check, check. <laughs> uh, and again, Carter Hart is being, you know, tested uh, pretty mightily and I think that intermittently they're getting some good play and that's what's you know putting them over the top in some games again the game against St. Louis they scored five goals and that was pretty phenomenal relative to their lower goal count their underlying numbers are pretty bad still and they should not have won several of the games they did but here we are with them you know, being, I think, 7-3-2 and two as a recording. Sometimes a goalie just decides that he's going to win. You know, like that was, those were actually the two things that I had kind of picked up on was I was looking at stats for like doing a, a little preview of how the Flyers were doing. And I was like, you, you mean to tell me that Carter Hart is 6-0-2 and, and has like a 9-47 save percentage? Like, Which um, is totally sustainable. Oh, it's completely sustainable. This seems fine. Um, but I, like, I've been a huge Carter Hart fan for a while now. I'm happy that he seems to have figured out after, you know, I think a, a disappointing couple of seasons. Um, but he's maybe he's gotten out of the shadow of Martin Jones and has figured out that he can be a good goalie again. Um, and the other thing as well is obviously John Tortorella. Like, I am much higher on John Tortorella than I think a lot of Blue Jacket people and general hockey people. But everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, like... John Tortorella is a coach that demands a lot from his players, and he's a coach that makes a team into more than the sum of their parts. Like, that was the big thing for me with Columbus, was the roster that he succeeded with was not a good roster. Um, and so it's kind of... It, I'm not saying that the the Flyers is a bad roster by any shape of the imagination. I am saying that they're paying Rasmus Ristolainen $5 million. But... Um, he got benched, felt like too. a roster that was... Yeah, I'm unsurprised. Um, there was a really interesting Tortorella quote, actually, that I want to I want to ask you about in terms of Rasmus Line in just a minute. But he's doing with the Flyers what he did with Columbus in 2016. You know, he's coming in. This is a this is Flyers roster is a roster that I think is primed for success with specifically John Tortorella's style of coaching. Um, again, is it sustainable? Who knows? But the Blue Jackets enjoyed four very good years under John Tortorella before the fifth year kind of went extremely badly. So, hey, maybe this is just who the Flyers are from now on. Um, but I do want to kind of continue the the Tortorella thought process. Um, I saw a really interesting quote from him about Rasmus Ritalainen and about um, the things that he demands of his players. And I was like, man, Torts is going to love Rasmus Ristolainen because he's a stay-at-home defenseman and he throws the body around. And I was like, yep, everything is seems to be what 
you would expect from a John Tortorella player. But he, like you say, he got benched. He's talking about how he expects more from him. Has that surprised you in terms of what he's asking from certain players? I think with Risto, the situation is is that Risto is used to playing a certain kind of physical game here. And it's different than what Torts wants. Because when Risto throws a hit, he throws a hit hard and then is delayed in his reaction to what to do next. And so when he gets the puck off somebody like that, but doesn't turn around and retrieve the puck, that's where the problem lies. And so what Tortorella wants from him is to be more selective about when he throws those hits and to really focus on his defensive positioning because he is way out of position when he does that. And, And so that's been the problem, and that's why he was benched for a game and I think that with Risto, it's going to be a, a challenge for him to play the way that Torts wants him to. And it's going to take some time. So we're trying to give him a little leeway here. But also Risto has a ceiling. And mm. we know that. So will he get to at least a, a baseline level that Torts likes? Time will tell. For sure. Um, I want to talk about uh, one more flyer, uh, very familiar to Blue Jackets fans, um, big Tortorella guy. Uh, Cam Atkinson has, he had a really good season for the Flyers last year, I think. Um, has he continued that kind of play? Is he kind of flourishing under Tortorella? How's, how's Cam doing this season? Because uh, we miss him in Columbus. Well, we miss him in Philadelphia too, because he's been injured the entire season oh, no. and has not played. And yeah, it's been between him and Sean Couturier being out. It's been very difficult because those are two guys that we really expected to come back this year and be big contributors, especially Coots. But but Cam to some degree, too, because, again, with the familiarity of the system and he was going to be that bridge from the Flyers to this team and towards his style. But uh, we don't know when Cam Atkinson is going to return to the lineup and it's a big missing piece and it's causing the Flyers to have to play some guys who shouldn't be up in the second line on the second line. Yeah. Okay, in that case, let's uh, talk about some other players that who, who have impressed you. Obviously with Couturier being out and Atkinson being out, guys have had to step up. We've talked about Carter Hart. Uh, stepping up massively from last season. Who of the skaters has kind of maybe surprised you? Who's really kind of stepped up and has taken advantage of maybe increased ice time or a new coach? Um, Who's your early season MVP that is not named Carter Hart? I mean, Travis Konechny is kind of back to old form, you would say. I think he's thriving under torts, which is a good thing. And I think that's a little bit surprising, Uh, given that, you know, he is a very emotional player. And so I think some of us weren't sure whether that would fit or not. And uh, so far, he's leading the team in points right now. And it's a really good sign. And he's getting a lot more shots than he was last year. So that that is a really good sign. I would say kind of the 1B two guys for me are Ivan Provorov is is playing very, very well. There were some questions last season, and I think positionally he's better, defensively he's better, and he's stepping up in the play a, a little bit more, and he's really contributing a, a lot. And I think that he feels really good in this system. The 1B is Scott Lawton, um, who's just – 
he is playing in all situations and getting a ton of minutes per game, you know, for a forward who ostensibly is maybe a second, third liner, he's getting approximately 20 minutes a game, which is a lot. And again, playing in all situations, he's blocking shots, he's stepping up offensively, he's leading plays. And that's why, although the Flyers don't have a captain, Lawton right now is is wearing an A, and he's the only one. Oh, interesting. That'll be something to, to keep an eye on, I think. Um, in a minute, we're going to flip the script. Uh, Rachel's going to ask me some questions about the Blue Jackets, who, um, boy, do I have some feelings to share about the Blue Jackets uh, as of right now. But uh, before we do that, I want to talk about Bet Online because uh, it's where the game starts. You can follow uh, sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. It's your number one source for uh, odds and trends. Every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, uh, soccer, esports, they've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which you're listening to Locked on Blue Jackets or Locked on Flyers, we're going to assume that you like sports podcasts. You can find them at BetOnline as well. We are uh, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So if you want to put some money on uh, who's going to win tonight's game, who's going to score a goal, uh, we're going to talk all about who we think might score a goal uh, later on. So if you want to put some money on our predictions, then you can do that at betonline.net. Head to the website today, use your laptop or your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. So talking to you, Jay, before the season on the Locked On Flyers season preview, we went through all of our divisional rivals and uh, you were pretty optimistic about the season you were ecstatic about the signing of Johnny Goudreau you know as much as we were sad about it and I'm wondering you know what happened here or what is happening here it's still early going I think there's room for a turnaround I, I don't want to write off the entire season but Columbus is in the basement of the Metro division right now and you know what do you think your biggest problem is God, where where do I start with this with the problems that this team has? Um, in fairness, um, I do think that the team is not as bad as the record states. They've had some bad luck. Um, they've had some injury issues. Um, you know, they lost Patrick Line for most. Like he's played, I think three or four games so far this season, maybe five. Um, he, we lost him to an elbow injury. Um, the biggest problem, I think, and as much as it hurts me to say it, I think goaltending is a massive issue for this team right now. Um, all three goalies have an, a, a sub-900 save percentage. Um, you know, Corpusalo came in, played, I thought, pretty well for his season debut. Uh, that was his first game since March um, when he had, you know, season-ending hip surgery. Tarasov, who was backing up, has been fine for a rookie goalie. Um, honestly, Elvis is the biggest worry right now for me. Mm. Um, he hasn't been playing like Elvis. Granted, the defense in front of him has been very poor. Um, and if you look at kind of his underlying stats, he is allowing a lot of high danger goals, not a lot of low danger uh, goals. His low danger save percentage, I think last time I checked anyway, was was above average. Um, so, you know, the defense is definitely not helping him out. But when you're allowing, you know, four, five, six, seven goals a game. There are very few teams that have the offense to overcome allowing seven goals a game. 
you know, like it's maybe Edmonton, maybe Florida. Like that's that's it. And so I think that's that's what's really killing them at the minute is is the goaltending. Um, I have very few problems with the offense as a whole. Um, you know, I've been really, you know, we talked about Johnny Gaudreau. I have no issues with Johnny Gaudreau's play so far. Has he scored as many points as people wanted him to? Maybe not, but he's playing the right way. Um, for the most part, I have no issue with the forwards. It is the defense and the goaltending that I think is really killing this team right now. Right. Uh, I'm wondering uh, how you're feeling about David Yerichek so far. I love him. Um, he's played, uh, I think he's, he's only gotten into, into a couple of games. Uh, he got called up. The Blue Jackets have had some real tough injury news in terms of their uh, defenseman on the right side. Um, Adam Boquist went down with a broken foot. Uh, before that, Nick Blankenberg went down with an injury. He's been a real bright spot of this season. And so, you know, I was like, man, it sucks that we could have a right defensive side of Boquist, Blankenberg, and Juracek. And instead, we're just kind of rotating, rotating between these three guys. But Juracek specifically has really impressed me. Um, I thought he didn't play a ton, but I thought when he did play, he played with um, composure. I thought he made really smart plays. Um, he's not the strongest skater in the world. And I think that's really evident at an NHL level. But you can see flashes of the defenseman that he's going to be when he's, you know, not 18 years old and in his first you know, he's, he's, I think he's played three games so far, you know? So is he the the world-changing defenseman that I think a lot of people thought that he could be for the Blue Jackets? No, but there's a lot of potential there, and it's really exciting to to see him play in, in the NHL. And he's been really good for the Monsters as well. Um, he had, I believe, at the time of call-up, I think he had four four points in five games uh, with the Monsters. So, you know, he's, he's doing the right things, and he's, he's hopefully going to keep developing. But I'm super excited about David Juracek. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually got to see two of his games for the Monsters because they were playing the Phantoms at the time. And I was pretty impressed with his play. I think at the AHL level, he really has a handle on things. I think, you know, he does have to make some adjustments, like you said, with his skating. But um, I th I thought he had two solid games against the Phantoms. Now, I don't know how much that's saying, but yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, he's, he feels very much like a player that's just at the cusp of being too good for the AHL, but is not necessarily NHL ready. So I think after, I'm happy for him to, to be in the AHL for the bulk of this season, especially if the Blue Jackets are going to continue to lose games. Um, you know, I'm very much of the opinion that keep him in the AHL, keep uh, Kirill Marchenko in the AHL, um, you know, let them develop there, let them play a million minutes a night, then dragging them up to a, a bad Blue Jackets team to get their confidence wrecked. So one of the things that I think the Flyers have to work on in order to create some dynamic plays like they were able to against St. Louis is win more face-offs. Uh, how are the Blue Jackets doing on face-offs this year? Um, the Blue Jackets are doing suspiciously well in face-offs. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they're like 17th in the league, which is honestly a victory. Um, the Blue Jackets... <laughs> big thing the past few seasons has been they cannot win a face-off to save their life um and if we i think it's gone it's gone a little bit downhill the past couple of games but um for the most part the blue jackets have been out face-offing the the other team which again continues to be a surprise uh boone jenner was leading the league in face-off percentage for a little while there which again is unusual uh because 
he I think has, has struggled with face-offs at times um but he's he's doing really well and if only they could do something with all of these face-off wins that they're getting um I think Jen is definitely carrying the team uh but I think we've seen flashes of um really strong face-offs from both Stillinger and Sean Corrali, especially uh, Rostovic's struggling. But for the most part, I have very few complaints with the Blue Jackets in terms of face-offs, which, I mean, it's a very small part of the game, but you take the wins where you can get them, especially if you're on a five-game losing streak. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, the Flyers were a little worried just because this will be two desperate teams in a row that we're playing going from St. Louis to playing Columbus in terms of trying to break a losing streak here. And at least, you know, for Columbus, they'll be at home. But I think what I'm looking at is how the Flyers win this one. And to me, it's disrupting the transition game because I think that the Flyers sometimes struggle with preventing zone entries and getting out of their own defensive zone sometimes. And I think that's where, you know, other than a Johnny Goudreau, you know, or a Patrick Line, if he's in the game, you know, there aren't a ton of super fast guys on Columbus right now. And th- so they should yeah. be able to intercept. They should be able to get sticks in there. But what's your take on that in terms of playing defensively against Columbus? I mean, I, oh, I do want to, I pulled up the, the face-off percentages just before we, we move on. Columbus is currently sitting 18th in the league at 50.3%, which, again, if they're breaking even in face-offs, I'll take that because they've been just awful for the past couple of seasons. But in terms of defensive play, um, I saw a really good, a really great tweet about their defensive play um, from Aaron Portsline, who talked to a former NHL defender and asked how he thought the Blue Jackets were doing defensively. Um, and he said, infrequently is, uh, infrequent is the the best word to describe the Blue Jackets defense right now. Um, so honestly, I think it's not really a case of being defensively solid against the Blue Jackets. Um, the offense is what it is. I think if you can get that line A Gaudreau pairing rolling, I think that's, that's really dangerous. But Honestly, I think the Flyers could outscore the Blue Jackets with ease, not even on the strength of their offense. I think it's very much a case of the Blue Jackets just can't seem to win a battle in their own zone. So if the Flyers are willing to, you know, throw everything into outscoring the team, Carter Hart is clearly doing fine by himself. Uh, He's... You know, for for better or worse, uh, he seems to be holding the net, uh, regardless of how good the defense is in front of him. So I I do genuinely think, and this is maybe not the most the most helpful answer, but honestly, I think the Flyers could do a lot worse than just decide that they're going to outscore the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I'm hoping they can continue the momentum from the previous game in terms of really you know, showing that they have some skill and can make good passes and, and things like that. Uh, and Columbus could be a good team to do it against. Yeah, <laughs> this feels, I don't know, this is a weird game. I don't want to say must win because I hate the concept of must win games, but you just had a really, if you're Columbus, you just flew all the way to Tampere 
to get your butts handed to you by the Colorado Avalanche back-to-back. You're mad, you're frustrated, you've just spent a long and awkward plane ride home. You haven't played in four days. Like, this feels like if the Blue Jackets are going to make a statement here, this feels like a game where you're going to find out what the Blue Jackets are. Are they a good team that's been unlucky, or are they a team that's just going to fold? And genuinely, I can't decide which way this game is going to go. Um, normally I like to make predictions, final score, who's going to open the scoring, things like that. This, I think, is the first game this season where, like, it genuinely wouldn't shock me if the Blue Jackets were, like, if the Blue Jackets won, like, 7-2. And it also wouldn't surprise me if they lost 7-2, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think it should be a real exciting one. I am looking forward to it. And again, I think it's similar for the Flyers. Is this team actually making progress or not? And there's some big questions to be answered in this game. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Yes, I'm. uh, It should be a good game. I always I always enjoy watching uh, these two teams play. Um, I don't feel like it's as much of a rivalry as either team with Pittsburgh or Columbus and Washington, they tried to have a rivalry for a bit. I don't feel like there's the rivalry aspect there, but it does always feel like there's going to be fireworks when these two teams meet. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, John Tortorella versus Brad Larson, because it's obviously, it's very much the student versus the master. Um, So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm I'm excited to watch a Tortorella coach team again. Um, I, I, Sometimes his coaching style is, uh, I don't want to say boring, but he is, you know, he's very much a defensive coach. Um, Lots of shot blocking, like you said, lots of physical play, but I don't know, it's always fun to watch a a Tortorella coach team, in my opinion. So I'm excited to to get back to it for, like I said, I keep saying for better or worse. It's going to be for worse. I'm trying not to get my hopes up. Um, oh, but I, will <laughs> I will finish off by saying that the Blue Jackets uh, currently have a shorter active losing streak than the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I feel like we can both appreciate that. We absolutely can uh, <laughs> come together in the spirit of pettiness <laughs> against yes, the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Um, for people who, let's uh, before we finish off, for people who maybe want to keep up with how Tortorella is doing or how a Tortorella coach team is doing, or they want to keep up with Cam Atkinson, clearly I need to keep up with Cam Atkinson more. Um, where can people find you and your show? Uh, Locked On Flyers is on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. Of course, we're available wherever you get your podcasts uh, over on YouTube. As it says underneath me, I'm on Twitter for as long as Twitter exists. Uh, I'm at our Miriam, and uh, I will continue to be there as long as Twitter is. And that's going to be everything for today's episode. Tomorrow, we will do a recap of tonight's episode. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be recapping a win. Thank you for listening to Locked on Blue Jackets. Uh, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jake Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. Uh, now go and make your second listen of the day. Locked on sports today. Uh, they've got 
biggest stories of the day. They've got instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. First listen of the day, Locked on Blue Jackets. Second listen of the day, Locked on Sports today. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.